0: Hey there, welcome to the Real World NP Podcast. I'm Liz Rohr, family nurse practitioner, educator, and founder of Real World NP, an educational company for nurse practitioners in primary care. I'm on a mission to equip and guide new nurse practitioners so that they can feel confident, capable, and take the best care of their patients. If you're looking for clinical pearls and practice tips without the fluff you're in the right place make sure you subscribe and leave a review so you won't miss an episode plus you'll find links to all the episodes with extra goodies over at realworldnp.com podcast well hey there it's liz roar from real world np you are watching np practice made simple The weekly videos to help save you time, frustration, and help you learn faster so you can take the best care of your patients. In this week's video, I'm going to be talking about the billing and coding updates for 2021. If you haven't watched it already, I've actually made another video about billing and coding, really the foundations of choosing an office billing code for primary care so definitely go back and watch that if you haven't already i'll link to down below this video and at the top right if you're watching on youtube and um, definitely check that out first because i'm going to be referencing those kind of foundational elements in this video so jumping in very brief refresher and again if this is confusing then please go back and watch the other video but as a quick refresher the way that the billing and coding guidelines have worked so far Very very large overview. There's kind of in primary care, there are three kind of main buckets of visits. There are office visits; those are things like um, urgent care visits, like like urgent complaints rather, Um, chronic care conditions, follow-ups, etc. etc. There are physicals, which have their own billing and codes, which I'm not talking about in this video. I'm really going to focus on the office visits themselves. And then the other one is procedures, um, and so they have their own considerations. So I'm really just focusing again on office visits in this video. So general approach to billing and coding. Um, again, this is a little bit of a refresher, but um, there's kind of two major branch points. When it comes to choosing an um, EM code, evaluation and management code, you need to look at whether somebody is an established patient or a new patient. So new patients are any patients that are brand new to the clinic. you've never seen them before they call they also could be a new patient or an established patient that hasn't been seen in the last three years so if it's been more than three years since you've seen them they're technically considered a new patient and the reason that's important is that new patients typically reimburse at higher rates than established patients there are more work involved there's more thought involved so the other kind of branch point is established patients so if they've been seen any time in the last three years at your clinic, they're considered established. The next point of decision making is that you wanna think about how medically complex this patient is. And depending on that level, it's levels one through five. 99201 to 99205, 99211 to 99215. This is historical, this is a refresher, so there's some changes with that, but typically speaking, there's levels one through five for both new and established patients. Historically, this is still relevant, so I'm gonna do a quick refresher. So historically speaking, the way I recommend choosing a billing and coding guide number one through five is by first thinking through the medical decision-making thought process. It's called MDM, and it's part of the guidelines. Again, go back and watch that video that I did originally on this topic. If, you, if you're not familiar or you haven't watched it already, but I talk about how you you come up with your medical decision-making, basically level, like straightforward medical decision-making through high level medical decision-making and the steps really walk you through. Also on that note, there's a cheat sheet down below this video, an updated cheat sheet for, um, to print out and keep as a reference for billing and coding guidelines. So again, if you want to like think more about medical decision making thought process, please go back and watch that. I don't want to do like a full refresher in this video, so go back and watch that. But once you've chosen that, the next step after that is to choose the appropriate documentation to support that level of coding. So that's the kind of like simplest way to break it down is that there's different rules of what you need to document for every levels 1 through 5 depending if they are a new patient or an established patient. And that's in that cheat sheet. And it's in those guidelines. I actually have the guidelines linked down below. One other disclaimer I forgot to say is that I'm not a billing and coding expert. I'm a nurse practitioner, and so this is based on my review of the updated guidelines as well as my clinical, current clinical practice. After you've determined if they're new or established, you've determined the level of medical decision making level one through five. Then you can doc make sure that you document. The appropriate things so enough in the hpi enough things in the review of systems enough things in the physical exam enough social history questions etc again it goes into depth in that and then you come up with your code so that's a very brief refresher on the way it's been most of that is still relevant. I want to tell you about the changes of what is what has been changed since. And I have my notes down here, so you might see me peeking down so I don't misspeak. So first thing first thing that has changed for office visits is that level 1, for new patients, no longer exists. So for new patients, you have to choose levels 2 through 5. So that's just gone. The next really exciting change is that... Like I said, typically the branch point has been newer established level of medical decision making one through five, and then making sure you document those things appropriately based on that billing code. The thing that has changed, like a really core thing is that you can either choose your level one through five based on the level of medical decision making or the total time spent on the encounter for that day. So I'm going to read you the exact like verbiage. So you know what I'm talking about? Um, and I'm not misspeaking. I want to talk about time. So again, it's total time spent on that visit. And from this documentation, from the guidelines themselves, it includes both face-to-face and non-face-to-face time personally spent by the provider on the day of the encounter. So what does that even mean? So basically, like instead of doing that whole one, two, three, four step process, you still have to determine if they're new or established, but you can choose your billing code based on the amount of time you've spent with that patient. I want to talk about the things that are included and not included. Um, So the things that are included, obviously direct patient care face-to-face time is included. Non-face-to-face time includes preparing to see the patient, for example, review of tests the next one is obtaining and or reviewing separately obtained history so if you look at um, i'm not sure exactly what that means but i'm intuiting that it refers to um, if you had somebody room the patient first the medical assistant or a nurse depending on the staffing at your clinic you're reviewing that history maybe you're reviewing previous notes from another provider maybe you're reviewing specialist notes before going into the patient visit the next thing is counseling and educating the patient family or and or caregiver And I have a note about that, so just hold that thought. Um, Ordering medications, tests, or procedures. How much time do we spend outside of patient visits taking care of them, doing these things, right? Um, Referring and communicating with other healthcare professionals. And I have a note about that too. Documenting clinical information in the EHR. That's pretty cool. Or or regular health record, whatever whatever you use. Um, The next thing that's also included in time is independently interpreting results and communicating results to the patient family slash caregiver in the context of the visit that day. And then the other piece is care coordination. Like if you're doing a lot of care coordination related to that visit at that day, um, that counts for that visit. The, the kind of caveats I wanna make about um, education and about um, a couple of other things that I mentioned. So when it comes to education, the things that are not counted as part of time, The caveat in the guidelines say that teaching uh that's general and it's not specifically related to that specific patient case does not count i don't really know what the hair splitting is on that piece like i think as long as you're educating you yourself as the provider are educating the patient from your level of expertise then that's like relevant that's relevant to that patient versus like general health teaching It's really hard to say, but that's how I am interpreting that, but that's like verbatim what it says. And again, those are linked down below if you want to peruse those yourself, Uh, very riveting. And then the other thing that's not allowed is travel, which we probably knew that, right? But the other thing that's not allowed um, in terms of time is, is including services performed separately from the visit that you've billed for separately. So what, so what does that even mean? So I do, I talk about like kind of the basics of primary care and then like the fancy part of primary care. And I think it makes sense to the people that I work with when we've talked about like fancy tests and fancy, whatever. But when it comes to billing and coding, there's like a lot of basics that we all need to know. And then there's those quote unquote, like fancy, like the more, you know, the more you develop your knowledge about a topic, you can do like expand your scope of how much fancy billing you're doing i don't know that's not very that's not very clear but that's the general gist of what i'm talking about so basically i do not do this in my current practice but theoretically there are certain certain things you can perform and bill for outside of a patient visit so for example care coordination done separately from a visit that day Theoretically, there's a billing code associated with that. I'm not savvy about that, but that is something to talk about with your supervisor and or your billing department if they have recommendations of like the common things that you're doing outside of regular patient care and what you're allowed to bill for. So theoretically, according to these guidelines, you know, care coordination, communicating results and um, collaborating with other healthcare professionals, could theoretically be billed for outside of a visit that day. So that's what I'm talking about. So like don't if you're if you're billing for if you're doing that fancy billing and you're billing for coordination with a specialist and communication with them and then you see them that day and then you also include it in time that doesn't count, right? So it's not like double documentation. But yeah, those are the two notes of like things that were not included. Like you can't bill for a separate service and then include it in the time and then all of your teaching needs to be like specific To that patient, related to your kind of like level of expertise as the provider versus like nursing level care potentially. That's how I'm interpreting it. So the other the other updates I wanted to share um, is um, again, if we kind of just a recap. When it comes to choosing a billing code, is are they new or established? The next step is you can either do based on time, or Medical decision-making, you don't have to do it by medical decision-making anymore, you could just choose by time. And there's time ranges for each of the levels, which actually is in the cheat sheet down below, so definitely download that if you haven't already updated. And um, so you can choose it based on the time. And then the other piece, typically before, what I'd recommend is looking at your level of medical decision-making and choosing the appropriate documentation to go with it, right? So that you're billing billing at a level four and you're documenting at a level four. The new guidelines say verbatim, it says history and physical are only performed medically as, as only as medically appropriate. So I'm assuming that's performed and documented, right? Because if you don't document it, then you didn't do it. But, um, but yeah, it seems like it's really kind of lightened up on those strict rules about what needs to be documented for what, as specifically as it relates to the history and exam. There are other components, and like I said in the other video about review of systems and uh, family history and social history, et cetera, et cetera. The only thing that it says in the guidelines that as, as far as I understand is history and physical only as medically appropriate. One last thing that I wanted to add, and again, I'm not a billing and coding specialist, so those are like the biggest changes. Um, There could be potentially some other ones, including extended time. Um, which I'm not gonna talk about in this video, but it's in the guidelines down below. If you, if you go beyond either 75 minutes as a new patient or beyond 55 minutes as an established patient, there are special codes for extended visit times, which I have not used, um, but something to consider. There's, um, for Medicare-specific patients, there is a new code, GP C one xi am looking down at my notes so i don't misspeak but basically it's talking about it's an add-on code that you add for patients who are um, medical more medically uh complex it describes the work associated with visits that are part of quote ongoing comprehensive primary care and or visits that are part of ongoing care related to a patient's single serious or complex chronic condition that's all i know about that code i have not used it myself yet but just a little side note there um, but yeah, that's the, those are the major changes when, when it comes to billing and coding. I think the nicest part is that you can really account for the amount of time that you spend with a patient because there are medically, when it comes to the medical decision-making, if you apply that table and you look at all the different factors, you might come up with a three, but because of a variety of other factors, your time may actually match up with a four. So you can do either or. So you might spend a level three amount of time with a patient, but address a four level worth of problems and medical decision making and risk. So then you choose that one, right? So you just, you have options. And I didn't see anything specifically about time documentation, but for my personal practice, I have a quick text where I say this amount of time was spent with this patient in this visit to help support if I've chosen a billing code based on time versus medical decision making. Hopefully this video was helpful. Let me know what questions you have. If you haven't grabbed the ultimate resource guide for the new NP, head over to realworldnp.com guide. You'll get these videos sent straight to your inbox every week with notes from me, patient stories, and bonuses I really just don't share anywhere else you will also get the ultimate resource guide, which is a compilation of my favorite resources to really save you that time of weeding through all of the different myriad of options and assessing whether or not they're evidence-based and or trustworthy. So hopefully that will be very helpful for you as well. But um, thank you so very much for watching. Hang in there and I'll see you soon. That's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your NP friends so together we can help as many nurse practitioners as possible give the best care to their patients. If you haven't gotten your copy of the Ultimate Resource Guide for the New NP, head over to realworldnp.com slash guide. You'll get these episodes sent straight to your inbox every week with notes from me, patient stories, and extra bonuses I really just don't share anywhere else. Thank you so much again for listening. Take care and talk soon.